0: Good morning everyone. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you folks at uh, Boulevard Bible Chapel. Um, this is our last Lord's Day in South Florida before we started heading north to Canada. Uh, we want to welcome our believers from Boulevard. It's great to be able to be with you. This has been a very strange time of the year for us to be uh, so uh, uh, separated from each other but nevertheless, the Lord has been good to us and has preserved us, protected us. We have uh, various uh, ways of communicating with each other, which is uh, very nice to enjoy. Uh, we also want to welcome some visitors from South Africa. We have some uh, from Cape Town that are joined us this morning as well, and uh, it's been a privilege to uh, work with them and serve with them, and those folks have come here today as well. And so we're... We're so happy to enjoy them with us and we trust that all of us will be encouraged this morning as we uh, talk about a subject that I, I think is maybe practical and, and helpful and, and, I, and I trust encouraging to each one of us. So uh, this morning, I, I, I want to continue a series. Now, it's not continued for the folks in Boulevard here, but but for those in Cape Town, they'll remember that we started a series on unlikely heroes. And, uh, and this morning... Uh, with this whole new uh, plague that has come upon, upon upon the planet and how we're all responding to it. I've done a little further study and, and i found some encouragement to my own soul uh, as a result of this particular study and, uh, and I also want to um, encourage you people as well. Now, this, the idea of unlikely heroes is, is really this, because... Um, There are many, many folks, many believers, who are actually really wondering if they could actually be a hero for the Lord. Um, My thought is this, that there are many believers who have not come from um, uh, fantastic backgrounds. They come from humble beginnings. They did not have wealth or position, and um, they could not boast of any noble uh, uh, parentage or any fame, and that would be many like ourselves, but in the Bible there are many that are like that, that come from humble beginnings, and yet they have demonstrated that when the Lord laid his hand upon them and when they got serious in serving the Lord, they became a spiritual hero now this morning I'm just going to read a couple of verses just to start off with as our springboard, then we're going to look into another couple of passages but the first one that we're going to look at is found in Hebrews chapter 11 I've got three verses I'm just going to read with you this morning and then we're going to move on to something else in just a moment Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 says this and what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah of David also and Samuel and of the prophets uh, who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness remained strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned uh, to fight the armies of the aliens. So, this morning, I want to speak about the subject of unlikely heroes, and try to make it practical for ourselves in the particular situation that we find ourselves in. Now, I know... Some people, uh, when they consider their own personal abilities for the Lord, we know we've got all sorts of excuses. Some of us say, well, we're too old. Some say we're too young. Some people say, I'm not eloquent enough. And some people think they haven't come from uh, a really spiritual family, or they haven't gone to Bible school, or some other uh, reason that sometimes people feel inadequate in order to be used of the Lord, to be uh, a hero for the Lord. Now... I'm going to use these three men in the fiery furnace as our example this morning, and I've entitled my message, How to Behave in the Furnace, and uh, some of those from um, Cape Town will remember that we spoke about David and how to behave in the cave. Now we're going to talk about how to behave in the furnace, and so this morning, that is the passage that we're going to look at. Uh, I want to read, first of all now, I'm going to look to Psalm 91, because this is where much of our encouragement and strength and understanding comes from. And then I'm going to refer later on to Daniel and we'll talk about those three fellows in the fiery furnace. There's one really important thing about those three fellows in the fiery furnace that make it practical for you and I today that is the answer even to our particular problem that we have. At least it is to me. But let's read from Psalm 91 and I want us just to look at this tremendous passage with all these promises in here and we would like to find out how do we understand these, these, uh, these passages here and how do they uh, apply to me so Psalm 91 verse 1 goes like this he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge my fortress, my God in him will I trust For he shall give his angels charge over thee To keep thee uh, in all thy ways; They shall bear thee up in their hands Lest thou dash thy foot against the stone Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder The young lion and the dragon Shalt thou trample under feet Because he has set his love upon me Therefore will I deliver him I will set him on high Because he hath known my name He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's just bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father, this morning we are thankful that we can enter into your presence with the confidence of being one of your children. We're thankful, Lord, that you have uh, paid the price to make us your own. And you've not left us here as orphans without the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're thankful, Father, also that we have the anticipation of the return of the Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we look to you for your blessing this morning. We think of the world that we live in today. We think of such tragic losses of life that have taken place all around the world. We think of many unsaved that have lost their lives, but we also think of many believers that have lost their lives as well due to this COVID-19 disease. Our Father, we do look to you for your preservation. We pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We pray for the right attitude. We pray for humility. And we pray, Lord, that we would allow you to be who you are in our lives. We think, Father, of, of some that are aged and others who are in, are fearful. And maybe we have young mothers that are listening and they have little children and they are afraid for their the health of their children. And, and we have older folks and we have grandparents and parents that, that are in need of preservation because of this uh, particular disease. And so, Father, we know that, that many of your people Maybe alarmed, maybe concerned, maybe even fearful and afraid. And Father, we just pray that as a result of listening to your word this morning, that all of us would just be able to rest in your promises and have confidence in your purposes. As we give thanks now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Amen. Now, this morning, as I was thinking of, of this particular subject, and I was thinking of fear. And I don't know if you've ever been so afraid of something that you have been paralyzed. I remember as a young man when I was about 18, 19, 20 years of age, uh, I was living in Vancouver at the time. And on my day off on a Saturday, I would, uh, there was a park. It was called Lynn Valley Canyon. And it was a lovely isolated park where there weren't many people And it was a nice place to go and meditate and just uh, think on the things of the Lord. And and that's what I enjoyed doing on a Saturday morning. I would go there. But the thing was this. In order for me to get to that place, there was a suspension bridge. As you can see, the picture in front of me this morning. And that's the actual bridge that I'm talking about. It's Lynn Valley Canyon in, in Vancouver. And I remember for the first time crossing that bridge and I got, I was all myself, I got down to the center of the bridge and looked over the edge. And I'm not a very brave guy when it comes to heights, I was pretty scary just thinking about looking over the edge. And just as I was looking over the edge, a bunch of young kids came uh, uh, running down the bridge uh, and was bouncing all over the place and I was really, really afraid. And I managed to get to the other side and I did the long journey on the way back afterwards because I wasn't across that bridge again. But being paralyzed by fear I mean that bridge was safe. I couldn't have fallen off there unless I jumped off but there was no accident that could possibly happen but I was still afraid of the worst possible outcome. And many of us as believers we also as we look into the world that's around us we do get alarmed at times and and. By introduction, I want to talk about this fear, uh, especially when we live in an age where technology is allows us to witness events in real time that might take place on the other side of the world. Now, normally, we would not be aware of any of these things, and we wouldn't have even raised an eyebrow about it. But today, we are bombarded by all sorts of information, and usually, it's bad news. It's bad information. And, and it causes us to become worried and scared. And, and, and we wonder, uh, you know, when technology allows us to witness in real time universal disease and death, it can become very, very scary. Now, how do we understand all these wonderful promises about being preserved from harm and danger, when in reality... Some godly believers have already succumbed to an illness like COVID-19. You see, I, I have a very dear friend that uh, has been recently called home to the Lord as a result of COVID-19. He was the first assembly missionary in Botswana. And uh, we worked with him for the 20 years that we were in Botswana. About a year and a half ago, tragically, his wife was taken in a, in a vehicle accident and uh, his, he wasn't doing very well after that and his kids came and collected him brought him back to Scotland and uh, he eventually went into a retirement home and in the last little while he caught COVID-19 and passed away into the presence of the Lord and we look at that sort of when I first heard about it it just to me was so disturbing that this tremendous servant of the Lord had been called home in such unusual circumstances and even his wife uh, called home through a tragic vehicle accident after serving the Lord for for 50 plus years in Botswana yet the Lord has his purposes and I'm prepared to to listen to the Lord and allow him to do what he wants to do so how do we understand these wonderful promises that we just read in Psalm 91 when in reality some of our dear friends have been called home, and there will be others, likely, that will be called home. So remember, as we look at this psalm, Psalm 91, I want us to remember that this is a messianic psalm. In other words, it was fulfilled in the Messiah. Its primary interpretation concerns our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. But all the while remembering that in a lesser way we may also appropriate its precious promises to ourselves with one very important caveat. And this is really what I would like to speak on this morning. Just remember, we can appropriate these promises to ourselves, but there is one very important caveat to that. And this is that caveat here. I want you just to... I'm going to repeat this several times this morning because this is so important for us to understand. God's purposes for the Messiah were different than what His purposes might be for you and for me. You see, God does have a purpose for you and for me. God had a purpose for His Son. And the caveat in understanding those promises in Psalm 91 is that those were directly related to the Lord Jesus. And God had a purpose for Him and nothing was going to happen to Him until that purpose was fulfilled just think of some of the the promises that were made in that passage look at verse 3 for example surely he shall deliver thee from the noisome pestilence so the word noisome in the old King James English really means the idea of something that is very evil or sinister and this plague is simply like that it is a noisome pestilence it is a sinister evil plague, look at verse 5 Thou shalt not be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. I was thinking about that. You know, you can't see it when it comes in darkness. You can't see the enemy in the dark. And just like this pestilence that walks in the darkness, it's so small we can't see it. It's it's in the dark as far as our eyesight concerns. We can't see it happening. We can't see it come. And it's, it's in the dark. And sometimes that creates fear but the writer of this psalm we don't know exactly who it is wrote to the person he wrote to how was told thou shalt not be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in darkness you, can, you can't see it coming but don't be afraid a thousand shall fall at thy side in verse 7 it says and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee wow that's, that's just incredible and you know we listen to the news, don't we? And there, there are thousands and thousands of people that have passed away, just right here in the states, right here in Florida, and many other places around the world as well. Thousands dying around and near you, but you shall not. Uh, but you shall be preserved. That was the promise that was given to the recipient of this particular song. Verse ten says this: There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well, we've learned a little bit about thy dwelling, isn't it? That's all what we've been taught late, lately to be safe at home and to uh, make sure that we shelter in place and isolate ourselves from other people. And uh, of course, this is how diseases spread. And so we 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 see that this promise was to the individual who would not have to worry about that. They had a purpose. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Psalm 91 verse 13. It just seems that whoever the psalm was written to appeared to be indestructible and that is absolutely true. The Lord Jesus was completely indestructible because God had a purpose for him. And until that purpose was fulfilled, there wasn't one little thing ever going to touch him. We never ever read of the Lord Jesus even getting sick. So the dilemma is this, and this is where you and I need to be careful when we study our Bibles. The dilemma is this, how do we understand these wonderful promises about being preserved when some believers have died of COVID-19? Now that's really what I'm talking about. How do we understand that? So, let's go back to a very important thing to remember. Remember, all scripture was written for us, but not all scripture was written to us. I want to repeat that. That's a very important principle when it comes to reading our Bibles. All scripture was written for us, but not all scripture was written specifically to us. Now we're going to talk about that in a minute, for example, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable that the man of God might be perfect and thoroughly furnished. So we understand this, that all scripture was written so that you and I as the people of God would benefit from the lessons that are taught in there. But we must remember that not every single scripture was written specifically to us. They were written to specific groups. Some scriptures were written specifically to us as believers, even in the age that we live in. So, one of the first rules of biblical interpretation is this. Who is the passage actually written to? Who is the writer, the author of this note, or this passage? Who had he in mind when he was writing this? And so, sometimes... We make the mistake, and especially I've seen young believers do this, and I've done it myself as a young Christian. We like to find sometimes a promise from God or an answer from God in a prayer that we've been asking, and and uh, and we play we play really Bible roulette. And I know of a young man one time he was doing it, and he was so embarrassed afterwards. I won't tell you who he was, but he was. Uh, uh, one day he flipped open his Bible He was looking for a promise from God and it flipped open to, to Matthew 27 and he dropped his eye down to the verse and it read, Judas went and hanged himself and he thought for a moment, well, well that's not a very nice promise, I'll just leave that alone so he closed his Bible and opened it up again and it opened up to Luke chapter 10 and then it said, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise now of course obviously this was a, an awful dumb thing for anyone to do But that's what sometimes believers do. We take passages out of context. I've used this illustration just to illustrate uh, how ridiculous that could possibly be. But it is very important for you and I as believers to be careful that when we study the scriptures and when we see promises in God's word, that we find out who the promise is actually meant to and see if it is applicable to us. So how do I understand these promises? About being preserved from a plague. How do we go about to understand these promises? You see, God had a purpose for His Son. And this is really what I want to go back to again. God had a purpose for His Son. God sent His Son into the world. That He might bleed and die for those that need to be saved. And that's all of us. He bled and died to... To wash away the sins of the world. Now that was God's purpose for him, and until that purpose was fulfilled, nothing was going to happen to the Lord Jesus. You see, nothing was going to interrupt the Lord's plan in bringing about His purpose, His purposes, including, including a plague. The Lord Jesus was not going to die until his hour had come we know that from the scriptures as well don't we? Uh, Several times in the New Testament when um, it, it would appear that naturally he should have been murdered or killed or something happened to him it says his hour was not yet come. Now that just reminds us of the absolute sovereignty of God. That he is in complete control of the circumstances and difficulties that cross my path and his hours will not yet come. He had to continue on his work and nothing could happen to him. Remember the Lord Jesus was not going to die until his hour had come. Uh, I was thinking also um, of another verse. of The Lord was completely immune to any harm until his hour had come. I was thinking of this verse here. Luke chapter 4 verse 29 And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon the city was built that he might cast him down headlong but what happened? he passing through the midst of them went his way you see there was a time he was going to be killed by a mob thrown off the edge of the hill and somehow miraculously he went his way and went right through the crowd and it didn't, it didn't affect him at all you see I was thinking also of this in Mark chapter 3 verse 10 when uh, the Lord was healing people for he had healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him now that means new things to us doesn't it when we are supposed to be isolated but here insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him which was uh, a, a no-no according to passing on illnesses as many as had place. you see these folks were seriously ill with contagious diseases and yet they could come to the Lord He could touch them. They could touch him. And they could press upon him. And he was absolutely immune to these illnesses as he was immune to anything until his time had come. Now, remember, when I read verses of Psalm 91, I can claim the same promises with one important exception. And this is really what I'm trying to drive home again this morning is this. There is an exception, and it is this. So claim those promises. Claim those promises from God's Word. But there is something we must understand God's purposes for the Messiah were different from what His purposes might be for you and I. Now, but we know this. This we do know, and this is where I want to encourage you. God has a plan for your life and mine. Just like he did for his son. We are we are as important to God as his own son. Now that's hard to believe, isn't it? But we are as near and dear to, to God as his own precious son. Well, we are his children, aren't we? But we are as near and dear to him as his own son. And just as God had a purpose for the Lord Jesus, God has a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for me. And until that purpose is fulfilled until that plan has been fulfilled I'm not going anywhere and neither are you when God is finished with me and my job is done then he will take me home some way or another I don't know what it is if he doesn't come back and take us home there will be some other way that he'll take me home to heaven, it could be through a disease it could be through anything else but I'll tell you one thing, I'm not going until he's ready and my job is done Now I don't know about you but that gives me great comfort, great joy great peace in my own heart Not one fear should cross my heart as long as I'm happy being in the center of God's plan and will Now you see, if we could remember that if we remember that God's purposes are, are, are not going to be thwarted by anything no accidents, he's still on the throne no disease, nothing's going to happen to you there's no accidents with him, he is completely on the throne, he is control. Uh, and even of these circumstances our us, so we don't understand all the details of that uh, I'm sure those, as time goes on we're going to see why that's how the Lord allowed that to happen and I believe there's going to be good coming out of this, sure we've lost many loved ones and, 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 and it's sad but God has a purpose in allowing this to take place on this planet and it is causing people to seek the Lord. And there are other things. People are reflecting on their lives and realizing they don't need to be out all the time. And there's other things that, that will, will benefit from this. And we do pray that as the Lord uses this this uh, illness, He will use it in a way that will bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus. Now, I want us now just to think about these Three fellows, I want to think about those three fellows in the fiery furnace. Remember the words of the three young men as they faced the flames of the fiery furnace? There was something in their attitude that just bounced off the page when I read it. And it is such an encouragement to me because they were prepared to allow God to be God. They had their desire. They had their will, but they were prepared to submit to someone who had complete authority. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Now you remember that Nebuchadnezzar had ordered, uh, mandated, that these men should worship the golden the golden uh, idol, the statue. And, uh, and they said, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, there's no question about it. We're not, we have the answer. We're not going to submit to that. And this is what they said. If it be so, and I've underlined it here because this is so important that we understand. They're giving God the liberty to do what he wants to do as the authority, as the omnipotent one. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of the hand out of thy hand O King. he is able that's what these three guys had come to that conclusion they were absolutely convinced that whatever they, they do to him God is able to deliver them And that's tremendous um, that has been such an encouragement you see God's not weak There isn't anything that God cannot do in your life and mine. And I've mentioned this many times before. If God wanted me to be out of this wheelchair, I have no doubt that in just a millisecond from heaven, and he could pronounce it and I could be walking and healthy and never have to use this chair again. And that would be nice. I would like that. But I understand he has the power to do that. He has the strength to do that. He is He is omnipotent. But the question this morning that I'm asking, is this His will? What's His purpose for you? What's His purpose for me? For me, His purpose is that I remain in this chair at this time. And I'm happy enough to do that. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us. Out of thine hand, O king. Now get this. This is what really I thought was cool. But if not, you see. They knew God was able. They knew he was powerful. But they didn't know his will. And they were prepared to wait on him. And allow him to do what he wants to do. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king. That we will not serve thy God's nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You see, I find that just so encouraging. That these three young men, they hadn't had a lot of experience, but they did know this, that they were prepared to allow God be God. They knew he was able, but they also knew he had his own plan, his own will, and they were prepared to submit to that will, whatever that be. The important words that struck me in this passage is willingness, the willingness of these young guys to let God be God but if not not, I wonder this morning as you and I and this evening or this afternoon in Cape Town are we prepared to allow the Lord to do what he wants to do will we be disappointed if he does something that's not what we had expected remember we are speaking about this is the omnipotent one he is the Lord of heaven and earth he is the one that spoke all these things into existence he he sent his son to bleed and die for us he saved us, he's preserved us he's given us a purpose in life you think he's going to do all that just to let some silly disease come and take me by mistake, absolutely not he is on the throne and we are prepared to submit to him and allow him to be gone. So if we really do believe that the Lord has a plan for our lives, and we believe that He is sovereign and omnipotent to carry out His plan, we can find great peace in the midst of the storm. Can you do that? Can you find peace in the midst of the storm? I think I can. I can find peace in that. Now having said that, how do we maintain our peace? How do we um, uh, keep our minds focused on these sorts of things? Well, I've got a couple of suggestions. I have actually three suggestions that might help us just to focus and keep our minds on 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 the, on the right things. The first thing is this, and the practical suggestion is this. Um, the first thing is to follow the quarantine guidance. Now... I know that uh, we're now just starting to emerge and we're going through a transition now where we're emerging out of our isolation and we're starting to open up and that's great. We're so happy that things are starting to happen that way. But let's be careful and remember that all the authority figures that are over us are still ordained of God. We may agree, we may disagree. But we have a responsibility to follow the instructions that we have been told that we should do. Now, I don't mean blindly, I understand that, and some of it doesn't make sense, I understand that too, but there is an, an important thing that we must try and maintain the quarantine guidance uh, without going crazy. So let's, let's look forward to that. Now practical suggestion number two, and you may not like this, but I'm going to tell you anyways, uh, turn off the TV. Well, let me revise that. Don't turn it off. Uh, it's good for you and I to be updated now and again with the latest news, what's happening. And, but I'm afraid what some of us are doing, and I have fallen into the same trap, is I've got the TV on all day long, and it is just bombarding me with all sorts of arguments and nonsense, and it might be true, it might not be true. But whatever it is, I, I've had to, in order for me to maintain the peace that I've enjoyed from the Lord, I need to shut out the world from uh, a constant uh, sound in my ear. So that's another suggestion. Um, minimize how much we're being influenced by what we watch on TV. And thirdly, and this is my last point, is this, I want you to consider your blessings that you and I have. You know, um, we've been isolated here in in South Florida and to be honest with you I've actually enjoyed it Um, I've I've just been enjoyed being isolated Uh, maybe I'm just a hermit by nature I don't know but we haven't had to go out for groceries we haven't had to go out for anything basically everything has been delivered right to our door now that's a blessing and I want you to think about how many people live in a country where these facilities are not available to them they don't have even the hospitals that are able to cope and care with the, with the massive uh, amount of ill people. Um, we have, we're just thinking about, uh, there's a main hospital in Bombay or Mumbai that has so badly filled, they've got no place to put their bodies, got no place to take any more sick people. Other places in South America, they've left their bodies out on the streets and people have had to come and collect them. You know, fortunately, we don't live in this place like that. We live in a place where we have so much to be thankful for. And when I say, consider your blessings, I don't mean just think about them in a fleeting way. You know what you can really do if you've got the time? Start to write them down. And on that list, write down all the blessings you can think of. And there are more than you can write than, than, than where we're going with this. And so I want you just to consider these tremendous blessings that we have. And finally, in conclusion this morning, I want to remind ourselves of the absolute authority that belongs to the Lord. His purposes will not be thwarted. And so you and I, my dear friends this morning, as we look out in this world of chaos and confusion and unrest and and, uh, people have no peace we could be testimonies to the Lord and, uh, and witnesses for Him in the sense that we have prepared ourselves that if the Lord should take me through this and my work is done, praise God, I'm going to a better place. That's, I'm, I'm finding peace in that. Are you finding peace in that? And so, as we consider this, let's just remember, let the Lord be Lord, the Lord. Let Him be God. Remember who He is. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, this morning we do thank you again for the privilege of being able to serve you. We realize, Father, that we live in a world that is uh, rampant with fear, with illness, with disease. We think of the political upheaval as well, as politicians are using these things for their own benefit. Our Father, we pray that we as the people of God would appreciate that we are citizens of heaven and that we, our business is there and our home is there and our Lord is there and our destiny is there and we're going to be there one day but in the meantime Father we understand that you have a purpose for us you have a work for us to do and until that job is done we can rest to those wonderful promises in Psalm 91 we ask that Father you would help us to live in faith And be courageous in the face of these things but have our faith in you so we commit our day to you commit our evening and our our journey to you and ask your blessing upon all these dear people at Boulevard and also our friends in Town. we commit them all to you and ask you to bless them and preserve them as we pray in Jesus name Amen Thank you